everyone. Welcome to the Meeting Your Soul podcast. My name is Farah. I'm your host. And today's episode is all about how to cultivate those feel-good hormones in our day-to-day life. And when when I say feel-good hormones, I'm referring to dopamine, serotonin, and endorphins. And they are associated with um, things that we do on a common day-to-day basis that bring us joy. And that is why I wanted to be able to really touch on them, to be able to identify them, and for you to be a little bit more intentional about actually cultivating them within your life. So let's go ahead and dive in. I'm going to share a few things that I do on a regular basis because I'm my awareness around this topic and my expertise within it. But then also I've just noticed so many benefits from incorporating these types of rituals within my day-to-day life or weekly basis that I want to bring some light to it to hopefully be able to help you do the same in your life. So let's begin. So I've actually already wrote an episode or already um, recorded an episode on this. So you can definitely listen to that as well. It goes a little bit more in depth, but one of the constant, most constant things that I do within my life and I've noticed the biggest benefit from is meditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone says it. It gets talked about a lot. There's like a million and one studies on it and it's because it's true. (laughs) It is just one of those simple fact that when you give yourself the opportunity to come from a centered, calm place of peace within you, that you even give yourself the opportunity and the time to be able to create peace within, that that's going to literally ripple into every area of your life. And it has been a complete game changer for me. I started meditating over 10 years ago. And in all honesty, I started with a movement meditation. I started with yoga and then got more into the seated variations. And I've actually taken uh, multiple different trainings on meditation specifically because it's been such a huge, it's had such a profound impact on my life and just really influenced me to be able to come from this more kind of centered state in everything I do. It's definitely opened me up, awakened my connection to myself and into the present moment and everything in between. And I would say in the simplest form, meditation is simply just breathing, being a shifting your awareness to the here and now, following your breath as it comes in and out of your mouth or your nose. And that's it. That sincerely can be a meditation practice. And if you're curious and want to sample this out, I do have three different meditations on my YouTube channel. So at Ferracino on YouTube, and I have a one minute check-in where you're just like pausing for a moment. Then I have a four count breath exercise that you can do that takes about five minutes. Then I have a mantra, actually I have four meditations. Then I have the mantras um, where I actually talk about mantras, the origin of them, how to be able to create your own mantras within your own life. And then I also have the meta meditation, which is scientifically proven to be able to activate the areas of your brain associated with compassion and love. And it's actually called the loving kindness meditation. And it's you're repeating either a Sanskrit version of it or an English version of it. Um, and then the Sanskrit is loka samasa sukino bhavantu. And you just keep repeating that. Simplest English version is may all beings be happy and free. And I go break it down into directing that towards someone in your life towards yourself, and then also to the collective. So all of those are available. They're free. Feel free to check them out if you're interested in trying them. And yeah, I think that meditation has really been able to ground me and to identify my thoughts as thoughts. And I think that that's one of the most um, kind of the biggest change that I've witnessed within my life since doing yoga and meditation is that I identify that I am not my thoughts. I recognize that my thoughts can 
drift off into la la land and be really complete structures, like creations of my own demise if I design them to be that way. But to be able to take a step back to become that observer is extremely helpful for me to be able to choose what comes through my mind and to be able to pause and breathe enough to also just find presence and know that my mind doesn't always have to be streaming with some side of consciousness that I can really just be witness and be able to um, be in the moment as it is and to remove that judgment, to remove expectations, to remove the resistance of what's going on right in front of me and to flow with it. And there's so much beauty within finding that um, flow state, which there's a lot of studies on that um, as well. And there's really this opportunity for us that when we actually go into peak performance mode, that we shift out of this logical mind and we go into this more almost hypnotic state. And this can be found a lot with professional athletes that they go into this more kind of, um, yeah, like in the zone, if you will, like, you know it, you're not thinking about it. And every movement just seems completely synced up with the last and everything just flows into one. And you do things that you never thought possible. And I definitely am able to like embody this feeling and this state while I'm doing yoga. And I think that that's what really gravitated me toward the, towards the practice and what keeps me coming back. But ultimately it comes down to the fact that I'm clearing my mind, I'm finding a meditative state, and I'm able to access that presence point. And you can do that within seated, within stillness. You can find this in a lot of different areas. So creating some type of meditation practice and whatever that means for you, you don't have to sit and be still for an hour every day in order to be able to cultivate this within your own life. There can be a lot of different ways for you to be able to find something that really gels with you. Maybe it's mantras, maybe you listen to different um, music or chanting online or on Spotify, whatever streaming source that you use, there can be that access point that you're literally getting out of your mind into your body, into your breath, into the sounds and the tones around you. And there's studies that show that, you know, really allowing yourself this space is cultivates more positive outlook on life. It reduces negative feelings and emotions, increases your ability to manage stress. And it also gives us, you know, it reduces the amount of cortisol within our system, which is the stress hormone, and really just helps us gain a higher sense of awareness and connection to ourselves and the world around us. So it's worth trying out and you don't have to do it perfectly from the start. What does perfectly even mean? I don't know. And I don't know what that means for you, but whatever it is, throw it out the fucking window because it doesn't actually matter. And what matters is that you just are here with yourself, that you allow maybe whatever concerns or worries or thoughts or, you know, things that are just like kind of bumping around in your brain to be able to let them out, to be able to like witness them hold space for those feelings. Um, and you know, in my meditation or even in another podcast that I wrote about, you know, it's being able to, um, Tara Brock explains this and it was Siddhartha and it's like sitting down with Mara, who is like kind of this God of all of the reincent within the world and being able to, instead of running away from it, instead of fearing it, instead of turning a blind eye to it, to really be able to look at it in its face and to be able to understand what was going on there and why these feelings are coming up. So a lot of times I think we avoid stillness, we avoid um, being in the here and now because we can't stand to be actually recognize what's going on within our lives. And 
that can be a really painful place for someone to be. And so I'm not trying to diminish that by any means. And I think there is some fear around being still with yourself or being alone with yourself even. Um, but the more that we give ourselves the time and energy into doing this, we can start to parse through kind of those layers and go deeper into what's really going on. And that's when we get our to a place to where we are comfortable with being alone, comfortable with being ourselves, comfortable with being um, in the here and now. And there's so much beauty within that, that alone that it's worth a shot. And uh, yeah, like I said, there's a few online. You can go to Insight Timer. I try to meditate every morning. It's the first thing I do when I wake up because otherwise I will not do it. And I know myself. <laughs> and there's been, I, yeah, like I said, I've been meditating for 10 years on and off. And there's been periods where I've had dr like droughts where I haven't been doing it at all. And I know that I see the effects within myself. I've also slipped back into depression because of that. I, I know that if I don't come from this more present proactive state that I will be in a state of urgency of reaction into everything that's going on me around me and it's almost like I can't separate myself between the stories I'm making up and what's actually going on in front of me and again detaching from what you think is going on to really be present to what is so these are just some things that I do, um, and then I do it for, I do 11 minute timer, and then I listen to Sofagio Frequencies, Kev Thompson's my favorite, and I just really like the music that he creates, and the Sofagio Frequencies are designed to be able to, it's like a sound healing that actually aligns your atoms with whatever um, tone is set. So like I listen to intuition a lot, I listen to like harmonious relationships a lot, I listen to um, there's like love and miracles. There's a bunch of different ones. Um, check them out. Definitely worth a listen or even just having it in the background while you do things in subconsciously, just being able to notice the effects of it. So don't mind me. Um, but there is, so meditations first and foremost, and it also releases serotonin, which is connected to a mood stabilizer. Surprise. So releasing that serotonin, also getting a solid night's rest can be a healthy dose of serotonin. Bringing us, our nervous systems into this more balanced and harmonious state is essential for us to be able to kind of handle the stress and the activities and the obstacles and all the things that are occurring in our day-to-day -day life. So this, I think serotonin and having different ways to cultivate that and invoke that within your personal life is absolutely essential on a day-to-day -day basis. So another thing that I do for serotonin specifically is I spend time in nature. So if that's going for a walk um, in my neighborhood, if it's going to the beach, I live in West Seattle, so I'm like always out at Lincoln Park or Alki. I go out there often because I notice the difference of when I am in my car, in my apartment, in my place, like, and I never actually get fresh air on my nervous system. I notice, like, I am literally in a state of like, like high, like beta, like it's like you think of like the wave, like brain wavelengths. It's like like it is ping ponging back and forth because I am never giving myself the time to be able to really slow down and grounding, forest bathing. There's a million and one studies, a lot of them based out of Japan, actually. And I think it's because of how high density the cities are, the benefits of being able to go into the forest, being immersed in nature, taking time out of being into that high city environment, the amount of technology that we're exposed to on a day-to-day -day basis alone constitutes a reason for us to be able to spend some time outside of that. If I can get out 
like completely out of the city and like have no cell reception and I'm like completely out there, I literally can feel my blood pressure go down. I'm not joking you. It is such like, I know this about myself and it has been a completely game changer, another game changer for me. Um, I try to get out in nature for at least 10 minutes every day. And what do we do for 10 minutes every day? A whole bunch of shit that we probably don't need to. So if I know this helps me, I know that I benefit from it, I make it a priority. And I think that's so much with all of these things is making them a priority within your life. They're non-negotiable. It's an absolute. I know that there's going to be a time throughout my day where I'm going to spend dedicated amount of like physical, be in my physical space in the outside fresh air, walking around. Maybe I pair it with an exercise and go for a long walk. Um, maybe I just lay in the grass somewhere. It's variable. It changes on a day-to-day basis, depending on where I'm at, what I'm doing. But if I know, if I haven't been in nature yet, I will consciously like, okay, I haven't done nature yet. Let me go. I'm going to go out for a quick walk. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to do that. And it just allows me the, um, the opportunity to be able to slow it down to get out of my head, to get into, again, reconnecting to the present moment. And the the studies that have been done on um, forest bathing show that there's lower, you lower your blood pressure, your heart rate, all levels of harmful hormones, including cortisol, which we know is the stress hormone. Um, And this can just bring us into a more calm and relaxed state. So um, I don't know what's around you, but I think even just like allocating certain amount of time on maybe even once a week or three times a week where you're like, okay, I'm going to go walk today, or I'm going to like, I'm going to go lay in my backyard for a period of time. It's very simple. It does not have to be complicated. So don't make it complicated. Allow it to be easy for you. (laughs) Okay. It sounds like my Asian grandmother there came out a little bit, but you know what happens sometimes because it's true and I know it. And even with my daughter, I have a four-year-old and I will go on walks with her and we'll smell flowers. We'll touch trees. Like we'll go look at all the things. And now she's like having an appreciation of nature too. And it's so sweet. And it's, I feel so fortunate to be able to, you know, institute this into her. And this is not something that I grew up with, you know, obviously who doesn't like playing outside when you're a kid. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of, like, like I think in, un, subconsciously we enjoy doing it and we do it so much more when we're younger. And then as we get older, we almost talk ourselves out of needing it. Um, and it's necessary. So I, um, yeah, I would encourage you to find some time, make it happen and just time block it. I'm a big time blocker. I, I used to, for years, I scheduled fun into my Thursday afternoons because I was so busy with work and life that I didn't have the opportunity to do something just purely for me or even just without an objective, without a purpose other than to enjoy it. And um, sometimes when our lives are kind of full, we have a full plate, this can be a way to make sure that we actually make it happen. So, and that's for meditation. First thing I do in the morning, I don't do anything else. It's, I jump on. I'm not perfect. I definitely can scroll a couple times, but I've snap out of it and I come back to it because I know that no matter what that's going like these are the things I've done that I know that helps connect me to my heart and my soul and I know I need to do it so I make it happen hey I'll get off my soapbox now (laughs) those are both serotonin um which again is connected to that um mood stabilizer um hormone And then my third thing is really important because it's all about celebrating the small wins. It is so easy to just get pulled into this never enough 
state, right? We need to do this. We have to accomplish this task, cross this off our to-do list. And our to-do list can be never-ending. It literally can be limitless. I, I actually keep to-do lists, and they are always like progressively building. Um, I don't know if there's ever nothing on my list, but it, and that's the part that like to be able to celebrate crossing off a few go treat yourself like self-care these moments this idea of treating yourself um seems indulgent it seems like it's unnecessary again but this is where we get our dopamine fix from this is where we get, continue on because we're rewarding ourselves we're reminding ourselves that we can um that there's joy in life that we can have this um, little treat or this pleasure that allows us to continue on. And I think that we receive that a lot from social media. There's a lot of studies out there right now that we get that dopamine release, that reward aspect of the likes and all of that. And we're seeking that. But when is that enough? When is that really satisfying? And so to be able to have things incorporated into your life, these little self-care practices that are a little bit more constructive that are designed around creating a more healthy lifestyle, I think are going to be more sustainable and can be integrated in a more seamless way that actually only is producing the positive results versus a lot of the negative things that can be tacked on. Um, this hormone also can be associated with drug use. And so there is a lot of studies about that as well. So like, how can you naturally create this within your life so you're not seeking it in the artificial term? And self-care can obviously come up in a lot of different ways for different people. Um, I personally, like, even eating food can be an or, um, a dopamine release. I love food more than most things in life. If you've ever watched any of my Instagram videos of me eating meals, I literally savor every single second. I am, like, literally, like... Jo like joyously dancing as I eat most of the time and I eat food that I enjoy I like I delicious like I try to eat healthy but there is this um my tourist my tourist side like I have a tourist moon and I love to just like have a big burger or I like a sweet treat or ice cream or um like sometimes I just want like a sugary fix and again all in moderation as with all of these things but I do believe that um giving yourself these moments, allowing yourself these uh, reminders that you're doing a good job, you know, like celebrating little things in order to say like, we're doing great. Cause otherwise we get lost in this grind mentality, grind, 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 go, go, go. And we never really relax and, or we never even really feel satisfied or um, that we're we're doing a good job. And I think that when we never give ourselves that satisfaction, that um, celebration, that it just really hinders us from finding a sense of accomplishment in anything that we're doing. Because there can always, there always will be more. So can we give ourselves the chance to simply be grateful and to express a sense of levity in all of it? you know? And I don't know what that is for you. So choose what those things are for you. Again, I'm showing examples like I love to eat good food. I love to take long baths. I take a day off. Like I only take one day off a week to be perfectly honest where I truly don't do any work. I teach yoga. I have three jobs. So uh, to really not do anything that's associated with one of my 
career paths is borderline impossible. But I do it because I know that if I work my booty off all week, I do all the things I need to, I finally get down to the end of my to-do list, then, well, we all know, then the other, the home, the like family life to-do list can be a whole other list, but that I give myself that day to be able to have fun, to be able to go out, to go to the beach, to be able to turn my phone off, to spend time with my daughter, to, um, you know, take myself out for a nice meal. Like I, I do, like I very much like a lot of my friends, I've talked to them about this. I incorporate fun. I talk to my clients about this, incorporate moments of achievement. I accomplish this. I get the reward, reward yourself, treat yourself, seriously, do it. And I don't know how you want to do it, but it's so, it will remind you that it's okay to work your ass off because you're getting these moments of relief, these moments of reprieve. Because if you keep striving, 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 there's going to be a point when you burn out. And I've burned out so many times. I've burnt out within career paths, like almost every time, because I'm, su- I'm such a hard worker. I can work until, like, honestly, I collapse. And I, it's a strength in many ways, but also I know that I push myself a little too hard. I push myself a lot further than most people do. And if I don't give myself these breaks, I will, I've had adrenal fatigue where it took me like six months to a year to really kind of like balance out my nervous system again, because I was always in the state of fight or flight. I didn't even know how to like, I was so frazzled. My nervous system was so shot. So like I had to, like that was probably the most extreme case of it. And I think I was in it for so many years. I didn't recognize it and it built up over time. But now it's a non-negotiable for me. Like I celebrate the little things and I allow myself to like take a break every once in a while. And a lot of times that's bath. A lot of times that's me like going to bed early. It can be little. It doesn't have to be extravagant. But definitely find out what really like um, is worth it for you. Because then in the moments where you are struggling, where things are like kind of stressful and there's a lot on your plate, that you're like, it's all good. I got this. I got to finish all this stuff. And then I get this, you know, like that little carrot at the end. Um, and sometimes that's all we need in order to keep going. And But then to actually give yourself the carrot, actually then have the thing also is useful too. <laughs> okay. So... We have meditation, spending time in nature, both serotonin. We got our dopamine, celebration, um, many wins, self-care, eating food, whatever that is for you. And then um, we'll switch over into endorphins. So movement is, like I was saying before, critical for my balance state. I try to work out on a daily basis, movement in some way. That can be dancing, that can be going for walks, more common than not, more often than not, it's walking. I practice and I teach yoga, so yoga in some way is definitely a movement. And it can be 15, 20 minutes. It doesn't have to be a lengthy period of time. It can be short, um, but enough time for your heart rate to get up, to be able to like, it's about 15, 20 minutes for that endorphin to get triggered. So giving yourself at least that amount of time of like high intensity or something along those lines. And then you get that release. Like who doesn't love a great endorphin release where you like just feel euphoric and you're kind of giggly and like, you're just happy. You know, it really is that feel good. Like it's called the painkiller hormone for a reason. Like it kills pain because it makes you feel good. Like endorphins are very much a proponent of 
you know, joy, happiness. And if there's ways for you to be able to create them, you're literally take like, if you're feeling depressed or you're feeling overwhelmed, like fucking go do something to generate some endorphins, like go for a walk, like getting movement and exercising. And then you feel accomplished. You feel like you did something. And so then that kind of builds up that self-respect and that encouragement that like, okay, I did this. I have the positive like hormonal release afterwards. And then it reminds you like, oh, I want to do that again because I felt that way afterwards. It's a positive reinforcement. Like our bodies are designed this way for a reason. So like doing those things and like picking out what you want that release to come from and to ensure that they're healthy, that they're used in moderation and that they're integral, a part of your day-to-day routine designs your life to be able to be one of joy and celebration and of love for yourself. Most importantly, if you don't know how to love and treat yourself, then how can you possibly imagine to do that for anyone else? Okay. So movement's really important, but whatever kind of movement you want to, I have a little more free form and what I do for my movements is in walk, stance, um, yoga. If you want to do an organized sport or activity, go for runs, climbing, whatever it is for you, choose it and make sure you do it once or twice a week, like as daily if possible. But you know, again, I'm not trying to like shake up your entire routine. These can be simple little additions over time or one week you incorporate one thing, you wait a couple weeks, you get it that like stabilizes and then you throw in another thing. Or maybe you even do it once a week and like you schedule it in and you do it that all for a month. You have like one day for each thing and then like at the end of the month, just see how it changes. Um, it takes about, um, there's a lot of varying information out there, but 21 to 60 days to be able to establish a, um, ha- a new habit. So having at least a month, being able to just make it a part of your normal day to day, it becomes less something that you have to think to do and that it just becomes something that you automatically do, which I believe is um, exactly what we're striving for or even creating the sacred practice of that ritualistic aspect of I'm doing this with intention. I'm setting aside the time. And this is very much a moment where I'm kind of embodying whatever you're working through to be able to also in return, get this, these actual physical responses and these rewards from it. So physical exercise, way to increase endorphins. And then my last one is laughing. Laughter is also associated with endorphins. Again, I said it was like the feel good happy one. So like laugh, like watch a funny movie, spend time with people that you love, like a long hug. Well, this one is oxytocin, which is also like, it's called like the snuggle or the cuddle um, hormone. And to like hug like a friend or like maybe even a pet um, to be able to like have extended periods of time with touch is also, um, releases that hormone. So like, that's another one you can throw into the mix, the love hormone as they like to call it. But I was hesitant to bring that one up because I want these things to be things that you can do on your own. And I didn't want it to be associated with something that you don't have. Again, all of this is accessible to you and, and it's within your power to be able to generate this within yourself. So know that, or even with like a pet or an animal, you know, there's a reason why kids love like having a teddy bear or something that they can snuggle. Like there is actually a physical chemical response to it. 
And laughter is another thing. Like even just smiling can shift our perspective on a situation. Like when I get really angry, which probably sounds really fucking creepy, but it's true. When I get really mad, I smile because I know that it will shift my like chemical like exposure and that I'll release hormone of like uh, endorphins in my brain. And so I will be less angry. <laughs> so I'm always like, okay, fair. Like, you know, and not that anger is a bad emotion, especially for women it's shunned upon, but like, if I know that I, I don't want to lose it, like I kind of have a little bit of a wicked temper. So like, if I don't want to lose my mind, I'm like, Vera, laugh. Like, it's not that serious. Like, especially if I'm stressed or I got some other things going on, like check in, give myself a moment to pause, reframe. How do I want to respond to this? And to respond from a more conscious place instead of from a place of reaction, right? We're constantly using these things to be able to help ground us, to be able to recenter ourselves so that we can really interact with the world in a more heart-centered kind of way. And I think that's the beauty of all of these is that these rituals, these practices, these really foundational practices that you can do within your day-to-day life will be able to change your anatomy, actually change the chemical balance within your body and your mind. And that also they're able to benefit you on a physical level too. And I can guarantee you they'll probably benefit your relationships and every other aspect of your world as well. Thanks again for listening in. It means the world to me that you join me on a week-to-week basis. I really enjoy creating these. And if you have any input or topics that you'd like for me to discuss, feel free to send them over. I'm on Instagram at Ferrachino, F-E-R-R-A-H-C-H-I-N-O. And you can also find me on my website, which is coachingwithfera.com. And it's an opportunity for you to be able to share your opinions, your thoughts, and also for us to just be able to connect outside of this. So I hope you have a lovely day. I love you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with me.